This is Trinity Western University's Chapel Podcast, where our daily chapel gatherings are captured and shared for the TWU community. Whatever your day looks like today, we're glad you're tuning in. the branches the Holy Spirit is the sap and the father is the gardener and when the father comes you know the reality is that God will prune us the reason he prunes us is so that we can bear more fruit he cares about us so much but the pruning process is never very easy because who likes to be pruned They would have been used a knife in the scripture where they would have been there and they would have come and taken the knife and cut away areas of the the branches so that the branch natural tendency is always to go low. The vine's tendency is to go low and to run across the floor and to get diseased and have problems. But what Christ wants us to do in our tendency is to look up, is that he comes and his workmanship comes and works within our lives. But if the first part of this scripture we read yesterday up until verse 7 is about our relationship with Christ, the second part of the scripture in verse 9 deals with our relationship with each other. You see, you can't abide in Christ and have a beautiful, intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ if in our own lives, we are not relating to the branches in the way that God calls us to relate to the branches. Verse 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends for everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name will be given you. This is my command, love each other. You see, we may have an intimate prayer life. We may grow in that closeness with Christ. We may experience the loving hand of the Father pruning our lives. But what what Jesus also realizes that it's not just our relationship with Jesus, but it's also our relationship with each other. And this is particularly important as we gather here in the university and you begin your year and step into university life. Because the scripture tells us to love one another, to care for one another. And one of the most dangerous things in the body of Christ is that we can become offended. We become frustrated. We can even hate people and resent people. And one of the biggest poisons in the church today is the poison of spiritual offense. 
that we say we have a relationship with God and we're bearing the fruit of that, the love, the joy, the peace, the kindness, the patience, the goodness, the faithfulness, and, and so on. We have that relationship within our lives, but what we realize is that it has to be worked out in this vine with the branches with each other. There's a sad story about two twins. You know I've got twin girls, so I know a little bit about twins. Twins can argue with each other. Twins are there. When I went and discovered I was having twins, it was quite a shock. We went into this little room with a black and white um, TV screen, and this lady was going to do a scan. It was a 12-week scan, something that many of you have not experienced, I know. And I'm sat there, and I'm like looking at this black and white screen, and it looks like a weather satellite photograph. And there's a cold front coming from the east. And as I'm looking at this, she's, she's scanning, and she goes, oh, yeah, oh, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at my wife, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Wow, I have no idea what I'm looking at. And, and then she turns to me, she says, oh, and here's baby number one. And here's baby number two. <laughs> um, really? I've got twins? But those twins were born. I raised them. And, and, and my wife gave birth to them. I was exhausted. And it was amazing. But then I started juggling the twins. But you know, I've noticed that twins can either love each other at times, hate each other. There's nothing closer. A twin story that I read about two brothers who were in the United States and they were raised, of course, by their father. The father had a business, a hardware store, and the store was doing really well. The father passed on and the two twin brothers who cooperated with each other and loved each other and cared for each other worked in the family business. But one day, one of the brothers took a dollar in a day when a dollar was worth something put it down on the counter, and then took the customers out through to the front door and waved them goodbye. He did a few tasks. He came back to the counter, and the dollar bill had disappeared. So as he looked around, he said, where's the dollar bill? Where is it? His twin came in. He said, oh, have you got that dollar bill? It was there. Did you pick it up? The twin said, I didn't pick it up. Are you sure? But you know how twins, suddenly they can tell in the tone of voice of each other, I know that when my daughters are sharing clothes, when it's going to kick off. Um, and and it, like I said, well, I didn't take it. Yeah, you probably did. No, I didn't. No, 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 it was here. I didn't take it. And a row broke out between the twins. And then for a month later... They weren't really talking to each other. The one would say, what about that dollar bill? I know nothing about that dollar bill. What about the dollar bill? I know nothing about the dollar bill. Fast forward a year later, the relationship's broken down. The business is separated. They've created two businesses in the community. This is a true story. And suddenly, there is anger. There is resentment. 20 years later, the brothers have not spoken to each other because over a small dollar bill and the resentment grew and the resentment grew and the resentment developed. 20 years later, a car pulls up outside and a man walks in. He says, is this, this shop, is this the right shop 
20 years ago, uh, it was a hardware store. Yes, it's, yes. And he looked at the old man. He said, um, I want to tell you a story. I've come to faith. But uh, 20 years ago, I was wandering. I got off the train. I had no money. I was starving. I went down the back alleyway. I opened a door. I watched a man walk out with some people. And I looked on the on the back of the desk, I saw a dollar bill, and I was so hungry, I picked it up, and I walked out, and I went and bought lunch, and I went on to another town. But ever since then, and I found Christ, I knew I had to put this right. Do you know anything about this, and may I pay it back and also offer any other uh, thing I need to offer? Suddenly, the twins started to cry and started to weep. And as he started to cry and started to weep, he said, please go next door and tell the man next door that looks just like me that story in that shop next door. He didn't understand what had happened. But over one simple moment, over one simple mistrust, over one simple suspicion, over resentment that grows, this family, this relationship was broken when it should have been close. And the message here is that although we abide in Christ, the message here is that we mustn't let a dollar bill or whatever that stands in our life to separate us from loving one another. Because it's so easy to become mistrusting. It's so easy to hold on to offense. It's so easy to not be willing to what Christ teaches in this text about that true love is loving one another despite our weaknesses, despite our failings. True love is sacrificial love. As a friend gives his life for another, so I, I give my life. So we must be sacrificial in our love. We must be willing to let go of anger. We must be willing to let go of resentment. It's so easy to spin in our minds and think about what this person said to me and how they said this and to hold that offense. And yet Jesus said, Christians are marked by this commandment that you love one another another. And it's hard to love one another. It's hard because the human nature goes deep and builds resentment. But the Christian heart is to love. The Christian heart is to show kindness. The Christian heart is to be patient. The Christian heart is not to be jealous. The Christian heart is not to be arrogant or boastful. The Christian heart is, is not to dishonor people by the way that we speak about others. The Christian heart is not to be self-centered or to easily be angered or to keep a record of everybody's wrongs of how this person has hurt me because we are part of the vine and you and I are the branches and as the branches God calls us not to resent but to love one another and the only true way that I can love other people close to me is by abiding in intimacy with Christ by remaining in intimacy with him. I mean, I'm a pastor, and lots of people, um, you know, judge pastors. We only have to act a certain way or look a certain way, and they get offended. I don't know about that. Maybe that doesn't happen where you come from, Saskatchewan. Wherever that is, 
But I know I, I get out my car and I, I walk down the corridor and I, somebody says, hello, Pastor Phil, because you know, and I go, hello. And I'm walking on and that person says, well, Pastor Phil wasn't very friendly to me this morning. Mm. I wonder why he wasn't very friendly with me. And then your brain starts working, right? Oh, I think uh, Pastor Phil, he's, uh, oh, he doesn't like me. I wonder why he doesn't like me. Maybe it was because I didn't do the coffee rotor like I was asked. Oh, that's it. Well, I'll tell you what. And in your brain, I don't like him either. Hmm. Well, I won't come to church next week. And let's see if anybody notices. Oh, I don't like Pastor Phil. He's strange. He speaks with a weird accent. Really? I'm going to go to another church. And yet, I just got out of the car came from a funeral, was rushing down the corridor, going to meet a couple whose marriage is breaking up. And the last thing I'm thinking about is that person, but I just want to say hello and move on. The body of Christ so easily, human nature can become so entwined with our anger and our resentment. And yet what Christ taught us is the heart of Christianity is the story of the Good Samaritan. That we don't step over people, we help people. That we love people, that we are interested in people, that we're willing to make, show kindness, show love. I worked in Belfast for a while. And the troubles were just coming to an end. And I was doing street work and youth community work. And I took a group of about 20 university students. We were going to serve in the heart of Belfast. And we had been given a task to go to a graveyard where everybody, where, where it was strange because on one side the Catholics were buried, on the other side the Protestants were buried. And the person said to me, oh, when you go to this graveyard, watch out for the 40-foot wall. It's a 40-foot wall. Yeah. So I went there, and we cleaned up the graves, and we helped, and we nest. And at the end of it, I looked, and I, I said to the person, I said later on, I said, I looked out for the 40-foot wall, but I couldn't see the 40-foot wall. He goes, oh, you won't see it. He said, when they built the graveyard, they dug 40 foot down into the ground and they built a wall between the Catholics and the Protestants and the wall is not visible, but the wall is there to say that even in the resurrection, we hate each other. That is not the heart of Christ, but it shows us how deep human resentment can go. It shows us that Christ commanded us to love despite of, to share. And when we're committed to the vine and we're in community living, it's so easy in our hidden lives of the graveyard of our sinfulness that we can build walls and resentment and pain. And yet what God wants to remind us of again is that we become a people of love, that we connect to Christ, that we understand how much he loves us, that his love is about sacrifice. 
His love is about honoring each other. His love is about that as we connect to the vine, it affects the way we treat one another. It affects the way that we gossip about one another. Because these, this is all interrelated that within your life you understand, wow, it's about the love of God. And when I'm a branch, I have the heart of Christ flowing through me. I have the love of God showing itself to me in my life. And sometimes we can forget this. We can forget that being fruitful means it's the way we think about people. It's the way we treat people. It's the way that we love people. That being fruitful, we say, Lord, I want to grow in you. But actually, it affects the way that I treat people. It affects the way I speak about people. It affects those hidden walls that I build deep in my heart. But the beautiful thing about Christianity is that here he says in these verses, dwell in God's love. Allow God's love to fill you. Allow God's love to consume you. And as you begin this term and you step into it, remember two things from what I've shared with you. Number one, there is no greater beauty and privilege than fostering a wonderful, intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that intimacy in prayer as we remain in Christ. But number two, it affects the way we treat others. It affects the way that we love each other. And don't let one dollar bill wreck the rest of your life. Allow the love of Christ to flow through the branch of your life and allow Jesus to shape you and use you. So let's pause for a moment and pray. And as we pause, ask yourself the question, Am I willing to stay connected to the vine who is Jesus in this coming year? Do you want the Lord to prune you, to shape you, to bring the best fruit? Are you willing to foster that intimate relationship? And are you willing to love your neighbor? A new commandment I give to you, love one another. See, the Jews had put love so narrow down to their neighbor to basically people they liked in their group. But Jesus said, no, love one another. It's about everybody. It's about that love that fills us with God's strength and God's power. Father, I pray right now, that as we make that decision to say, yes, I give my whole life to Christ this morning and say yes to Jesus. Just pause for a moment. If you are willing to utterly rededicate your life to Christ and make the priority of intimacy with God and the priority of loving your neighbor, then right now, as we pause, if God has spoken to you and you're saying, yes, 
today I'm going to remember this date. Then for a moment, just raise your hand. Nobody's looking around and just by raising you saying, I'm responding to this word, Phil. I'm dedicating my life to this journey. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. And I will pray for you. Just reach out to the Lord. So many of you. That's amazing. What a difference that will make on this campus. Lord Jesus, I pray for everyone that is raising their hands and saying, I dedicate my life to the pursuit of living and remaining in the vine. To love God and to love one another. I pray, Lord, that this morning you will seal this holy moment with your presence, with a word, with just a sense of your Holy Spirit right now, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message has challenged, encouraged, and inspired you as we continue learning and growing together in discipleship to Jesus. Every week, you'll find new chapel messages on our channel from local and international speakers ranging in diverse and engaging topics. So go ahead and subscribe for the latest of what's going on in chapel. Much love and happy listening.